Welcome to another episode of the Who is VGT3 Project. Today's guest is Kayla Bartels. You're going to listen to an extraordinary story today on a personal journey and a reshaping of mindset. You're going to learn a lot about Kayla in this podcast and a lot of the the difficult adversity that she has faced um, in her life, you know, dealing from a rough childhood to multiple tragedies to, you know, overcoming all of that and finding personal success, personal growth and a newfound respect for life. She was an amazing person, and I had I had a great time talking with her. You, without without knowing the backstory to to Kayla, you would never expect someone to to go through as much as she had, and you know, alongside her with uh, some of the other stories that we've shared on the podcast, these individuals made conscious decisions to not let life break them, but to shape them into stronger human beings. And Kayla is a strong, mentally tough mother who is nothing but laughs and smiles. And you'll be able to tell in this podcast that, you know, she she was nervous as Many are with sharing such vulnerable stories, but quickly loosens up. And she knows that sharing these types of personal stories help others who are going through similar circumstances. And that's what I love. So I'm not going to stay on my soapbox too long. But wanted to give you guys a, a prelude to, to some excellent conversation that you're about to listen to. With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Kayla Martels. the show um, being on the podcast I appreciate it a lot this um, this journey is really just uh, me interacting with people that you know one I find interesting and two um, people that you know have particular stories to share and when I kind of follow you on social media you know I know that you have your you have your hands on a lot of different buckets um, and oh yeah. Want, I'm going to give you the floor and, and you know if the podcast stops in 30 seconds uh let us know like you know what you are and, and what you're up to. All right. Well, um I am a mother of four. Um I grew up in Fort Washington and along the way ended up in Manitowoc, um which is about I don't know like half hour north of or no, it's about an hour, 45 minutes, hour, um, north of Port Washington. Um, I kind of have a crazy 
life story, if you will, um, with all different kinds of topics. Um, I didn't have a great relationship with my parents and therefore that kind of transferred over into friends or the lack thereof, I should say. Um, I was just a very, I don't want to say depressed kid, but just, I don't feel like I lived a normal childhood. Like, I feel like I didn't have what you would consider love in the household. Um, there's just a lot of, I think, mental illness on both ends of the spectrum um, that caused a lot of that. But I don't know. I just feel like that affected a lot of my decisions and I just, I never felt like I connected with anybody, you know? So I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I feel like in school, I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people. So I didn't really make a lot of friendships, you know, in that area. But, um, long story short, I ended up leaving home at 17 and ended up moving in with my oldest uh, so my son, he's going to be 11 this year, which is just crazy. <laughs> um, I ended up moving in with him. Um, and then I ended up graduating actually from Sheboygan North. Um, cause I had ended up leaving home prior to graduating in Port Washington, which kind of sucked because, you know, I pretty much grew up with all these kids for, you know, 17 years. And here I am, you know, having to graduate with pretty much nobody that I knew, you know, aside from a few people. So that kind of sucked, but I ended up doing it. I did it. Um, I ended up graduating because the um, credits were different from Port Washington to Sheboygan School District. So I ended up having to actually go an extra semester to meet their criteria. So I ended up graduating, um, a, well, I ended up graduating a year late, but I only had to go that first semester. Um, so I got my high school diploma. Um, I ended up getting pregnant, obviously, with um, my oldest. And I don't know, our relationship just was not a good relationship. Um, long story short, we just... Well, I'm sorry to of, cut you off. A relationship with like the boyfriend at the time or family? Yeah, yeah. We were um, his dad and I were, were dating. I had, when I moved to Sheboygan, um, I moved in with him and he was living still with his parents. Um, so at the time I was living with that family and then I ended up going to school with him, but I was a year older, so we were in different grades. Um, but yeah, so there was a lot of issues after we moved out of his parents' house and got our own place. That's kind of when a lot of it started happening. Just a lot of trust issues, um, infidelity, you know, stuff like that. So I finally left him and then it was just me and I ended up having been about six months after we split up. So I was pretty much a single mom, you know, raising a baby and I had no idea what I was doing. Not a clue. <laughs> like there's just no book for parenting that really tells you what you need to do. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a hard road to learn and navigate. Um, but I did it, you know, and I, I didn't have one full-time job. I actually ended up working four part-time jobs. Um, I didn't have, you know, any set babysitter. I just had pretty much all different friends of mine, you know, taking turns watching him while I'd go to work. I actually, one of my jobs was next door to my house and it was for a delivery company and the boss actually let me bring him with. So that was kind of nice. Um, but yeah, so 
I was single probably for, uh, I would say almost two years. Um, well, probably about a year and a half. And I worked at a gas station at the time and, um, my, so this would be the father of my middle two, um, Lily and Quentin. Um, there was a guy that kept coming in to the gas station. And I mean, all the time, you know, it was just way more than a normal person goes. I mean, I end up going to quick trip probably three times a day, but <laughs> you know, when you're younger, you don't go to the gas station like four or five times a day. It's yeah, just, I hear it's sketchy you know? somebody was somebody was looking for you somebody <laughs> right was, right yeah, you know someone and, was jonesing yeah so i was just you know i just i was shy i i did not i definitely was not the person i am today i was very quiet reserved i didn't share feelings at all like i was just i don't know just a very quiet person you know and I just, he was starting to make me feel uncomfortable, to be honest with you. And, you know, one of the girls I worked with, we got pretty close and, you know, she said, well, like, I think he wants to like ask you out. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, I was just really hesitant about that, especially with what I just had gone through with my Ben's dad. Um, so I just kind of, you know, tried to wing my way out of it. Like every time it came in, I would try to, you know, get away from the front counter. You, you hit in the freezer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, actually, I did do that a couple of times. That was my go-to spot um, to go stock, <laughs> you know, some sodas and stuff. Um, but yeah, no. So what? it was funny because I ended up meeting this girl. Um, I forgot how I actually ended up meeting her. I think it might have been through somebody I knew through Ben's father. So I ended up, she actually lived near the gas station as well. So she would come in every once in a while and we got to talking. We ended up becoming friends. Well, of course, my luck. So her brother was best friends with this guy that kept coming in to the gas station. <laughs> I was like, I cannot get away from this it guy. It comes full circle. Oh, yeah. Seriously. I was like, okay, this is super weird, you know? And one of my other friends at the time, she knew about everything that was going on. She said, you know what? Just give him a chance, you know, just give him a chance and see how it goes. I said, okay, fine. So finally, I slowly let him in, you know, I kind of every once in a while, he would offer to watch Ben. So, you know, that's kind of how we started. I, you know, I don't know if that was the right decision, but that's just what I did at the time. I was young, you know, I was 20. Um, so he would take them every once in a while while I was at work and that seemed to be going good. So then we just kind of started all hanging out together in a group, you know, and then I don't know, kind of just progressed from there and we ended up, um, dating and, uh, shortly after that, my mom ended up getting sick and she passed away. So that was about, uh, I don't know, maybe like four or five months in. Um, but yeah, so she ended up passing away unexpectedly. Um, and that was, or no, that was really close into the relationship because she died right before Ben turned one. So yeah, that was probably maybe two, three months after. And then a couple weeks after my mom died, we ended up finding out we were pregnant and she was that would be with my daughter and she was due on my mom's birthday, which was super crazy. Um, 
so anyways, we ended up getting together and, you know, we had a good relationship um, for the most part. You know, we had some issues, but who doesn't? Um, and then we ended up getting pregnant again um, about, I don't know, a year and a half after that. Um, or no, about a year. It was about a year, maybe 13, 14 months. Um, after she was born, we ended up getting pregnant again. Um, we unfortunately miscarried that one. Um, which was a hard thing as well to go through. That's just, you know, I feel like everyone handles everything differently and it's just, it's, it's a topic that just is tough, you know? Um, um, we, I, I, that's something that I kind of want to like, you know, if you're comfortable with it, talk about, but I want to also talk sure. about with your, with your mother passing, you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, your upbringing wasn't very good. Um, and, and I, you know, we kind of ran in separate circles. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. me, I knew you, um, right. but I moved around schools a lot. I don't know if you knew yeah. that, but I was in foster care. So I moved around a lot. Um, and then like my relationship with my family was like very complicated. Um, didn't really establish a connection with my fam, my dad until like he ultimately passed away. So what kind of feelings, like when your mom passed away abruptly, like what was like your thought process through that, through that endeavor? I don't even, it's so hard to explain, you know, some people I think, like obviously the people that are very close to me in my life, you don't know, and I can express my feelings to them and I know they like get it because, you know, they know the whole picture. But I feel like when I tell other, you know, random people off the streets, you know, I feel like they'd be like, oh my God, like, how could you say that? But like with my dad there and my dad is still living. Um, and I have, there's just no feeling there at all. There's, there's just nothing. Um, we never established any kind of relationship at all, you know, from as young as I can remember, there was just always, I feel like a, a distance between us. And I don't know why that is, but you know, he just never made, I felt like there's just never a true effort from his side of things, you know, and even as I got older, you know, especially after she had died, you know, I, I tried to reach out to him because uh, of the grandkids, you know, I wanted him to have that relationship at least, you know, I wanted them to have more than what I did. And just even then there was just always excuses of, you know, why we couldn't meet up or just, I don't know. There's just, like I said, there's just no feeling there. And with my mom, like, of course, you know, I love my mom. You know, I I cared about my mom because she's my mom, you know, it's just, she birthed me and, you know, raised me, put a roof over my head. You know, I, I can't, say anything negative about that, you know, and I I don't think her foundation either was very stable. So, you know, from my, now what I know, just being, you know, turning 31 next month, um, that just, you know, you just can't control, like a lot of that is affects you, you know, as you get older and you try to do opposite of what you don't want to be done, but if that's kind of what you were born into, it's a very hard cycle to break. It, it's so hard, you know, and you almost always try to, you always, almost always find yourself kind of going back to how you were raised. And it's just like, I, I try, I try very hard to stop that cycle. Like that's my goal in life, you know, but 
So I have more sympathy for my mom because I know her foundation was not the best either, you know, but just, I don't know. I never really felt a connection with her either. And I, I just, I can't explain why I, I don't know why, you know, I mean, obviously I went to her funeral. I, you know, I had to grieve through it, you know, I was still losing my mom, but just, I don't know. The feelings were just not what I feel like a, a parent and a, a child relationship should be. I don't know if that answers your question. No, yeah. <laughs> and through, you know, to kind of backtrack a little bit through like discussions what I've had with other people, um, that is a that's a growing sentiment that I that I feel with other people is, um, especially those who kind of come in um, from like rough upbringings, and you know, because you know, I felt the same way when my my dad passed away. The, the thing that I had, though, um, was, yeah, I had the grief as well. But the moments kind of leading up to it, because it was kind of one of those things that we knew it was happening. <clears throat> like, I knew it was happening. And, you know, I told myself, I'm like, well, this is really just going to be another day until, you know, I see him in the hospital. He's not like, you, you can just tell it's not the same person. And then the moment, like, it sunk in, like, regardless of how I felt at the time, like that person is never going to be there. And that person brought me into this world. Kind of, kind of what you were saying before is, you know, I love this person because they, they gave me life. Yep. And, and I think people that have that, that grudge against, you know, their family members or like mm -hmm. anyone, it's like they, they, somebody's giving you something, you know, and with all the hurt that we feel, it's given us some type of empowerment to be able to change our outcomes. Uh, my older sister is the same way, kind of like what you said. It's We've taken those bad examples, and we, as parents now, we know, like, okay, we, we know what not to do, but then we kind of look back and we just kind of wish we would have had that foundation. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that's really hard to teach from, like, I, sometimes I wish I did have a good upbringing because I don't know where I would be at. But I'm glad, like in retrospect, that I had the upbringing that I did because I love harder. Like I, like I look at my yes. kids, oh, and yes. I never I love that. Like I just love, like every time, I, like I, I feel them in my arms. Like I, I do it to them because I, I wish I had that. Yes. Oh gosh. And, oh man, we can relate so much. And I get, and I get like when, when I told I, I like I think I can count on my one hand. How many times, because I have three kids, so you got me beat by one. Um, I can count on one hand, like, how many times I've spanked my kids. And mm -hmm. each time I did it, I felt horrible. Like, oh, yes. and, it was, and it wasn't mm -hmm. a beating. It wasn't like when I was being raised, I got beat. Like, I got, you know, beat with like, mm -hmm. bats, beat with whatever was around, thrown, in, thrown downstairs. But when I spanked my kids, like, I just, like, and you said it too, like, you, you like you feel that coming out you feel that rage and you're like man I feel like shit because yeah in that moment so like anytime I ever did it I would sit them down and I would like have these elaborate conversations with them um and now like all I do is talk to them like they're bad sometimes I mean they're kids and sometimes I like oh, yeah. I'll just let them be bad I'm like you know what they're kids this is the only time they'll be able to be bad like if they're exactly like, but they're so well behaved outside of the house like you can mess up the house. I don't care. As long as you're well-behaved, you, you, you have your manners outside the house. And 
you know, I'll have conversations with them and like, I feel like they actually listen, even though mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, uh, I'm talking to, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a wall right now, but I, yeah, I wanted to highlight that because it's something that I think a lot of people share. Um, one thing that I, I've heard a lot is hurt people hurt people. And mm-hmm. when you said that you kind of had that, you know, generational hurt and it was up to you to break the cycle, um, my like my older sister and like my people that were like counselors like counselors were big in my life I was always either in trouble or I was in the principal's office because I had a black eye and they always said like you have to be the one to break this cycle like your parents they've already set their ways and I always said like when I have kids like I'm gonna treat them the best I'm not gonna spoil them I'm gonna teach them everything I wish I would have known versus everything that I wish I had um Mm -hmm. so and then, um, so I think if you don't have anything else on that, that's really what I wanted to dial in on is, is that we as people are more alike than we are different. And when we get to have conversations like this, this is why I love doing the podcast is because you find out that regardless of creed, color, gender, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like you can find similarities. And when you were telling me your story, I'm like, I feel like I've, I've been this person. Um, one thing, though, that I haven't been through, but a lot of my friends, family members, um, is uh, miscarriage. Yes. Um, which, you know, as a father, as a parent, um, I can only sympathize with that type of loss. I can't imagine um, the the thought process. And we can kind of go as deep as you want or we can change the subject at any time. Cause I know it's, I know it's hard for not only for people to listen to, but for people to talk about, it's kind mm-hmm. of like a taboo subject. Um, but life is precious <laughs> and, you know, through just living life, you realize how fragile it is. And even when the beginning stages, when you get this excitement, and you think that something is you're going to get this new seed and this new this new being that you're going to be able to teach and love and and care for and then that just it's erased and it happens you know it it happens more often than it's actually talked about um but kind of like if you want and obviously uh, we can go you know go as little as or as deep with it talk talk to me about that 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 feeling or that thought process or, or what you kind of went through if you want to. Yeah, no. Um, so around the time, so leading up throughout these years that I'm taking you through right now, I was definitely now looking back from today, like looking back on those years, I was definitely not mentally, I don't want to, like, I wasn't a crazy nut job, but like, I was definitely like mentally, I was not in a good place. Like, like I depressed, was very, stressed out. Yes. I was very depressed, anxiety. I have awful anxiety. Um, that's a whole nother topic we could talk yeah. about if you yeah, want. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I, I can manage it now, but back then I didn't know how. And actually at this point in time, I had just been diagnosed with anxiety. So it was at the beginning of this awful roller coaster with just that. So, I mean, you can just think about somebody in that mind space already. And then the fact that I just probably came back to, you know, like my hormones leveled out from having 
uh, Lily. And then, cause we got pregnant pretty quick with this one. Um, it was kind of, I mean, we wanted to have another one and we wanted them close together. So, and then we were going to be done after that, you know, so we got pregnant relatively quick. So at that point, you know, my hormones are probably still, you know, whacked out. And then I ended up getting pregnant again. Plus my anxiety is just through the ceiling. I'm very depressed. It was just a very emotional, emotionally draining time. And I just, I almost felt numb through the whole thing. You know, I just remember waking up and, you know, I saw blood and I was just like, you know, something inside me told me, you know, you know, just something wasn't right. So we just, we ended up going into the doctor and they did an ultrasound and, um, it kind of relieved me because I was very early in my pregnancy. I was only about maybe um, four weeks or so, maybe five. And, um, but by the ultrasound, they could tell like the baby never even started to develop. Like it never even got to that point. So for me, I don't know why, but it kind of made me feel a little relieved knowing that there was never like a heartbeat, you know, there was never like, a yolk sack there you know what I'm saying like yeah just, no yeah I, I completely like, hear you you know like I feel like if I, there was still a heart you know what I'm saying I don't know it just no I get head, it, it was I like, understand no okay. I, I, I mean it's still I still had a rough time with it though you know with that being said with the next couple of days I mean I was just you know I just randomly started crying and I, I just I couldn't stop you know it was just a a gut-wrenching feeling you know knowing that but then um I actually ended up getting pregnant um, within that week after I miscarried, which I don't even know how because I know yeah, exactly how you got pregnant. I know how everyone <laughs> gets pregnant. Kayla, come on now. <laughs> well, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't follow like science. It's just in my head because the baby that we miscarried was due May 18th. And then Quentin ended up being born June 25th. So there's really not that much time in between, you know? So yeah. That's, well, that's I mean, crazy. I think, you know, I, I've, uh, I've had guests on the, on the show who talk about, you know, religion very heavily mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they believe in God, you know, a Christian God. Um, and I'm, I'm a component of a higher power. I think there's something that moves us. I think there's something that kind of keeps the checks and balances and I think when something is lost, always something's always gained. And whether it's that in whether it's in another life or it's another opportunity, um, I, I'm a big believer that you know when you lose something, something will, something you will gain after, whether it's knowledge or you know like in your case, right. you know another, another child. Um, but um, it, it's still tough. It's still I know you know my. Uh, my brother Chris, he he just went through um, something similar, something more, a little bit. They're a lot further along, and they you know, yeah, that I I don't know. You know, um, I'm sure my feelings would be totally yeah, different. They, yeah, they um, and and not to kind of speak on his situation too much, but you know, seeing him um, kind of go through that just as a father, it's really, it's still kind of hard for me to swallow because like I don't know what to tell him. Um, and when I'm kind of dealing with something, I just want to be left alone. Um, mm -hmm. And I yep. actually just recently started like talking with him again, and I can just feel like he's he's like a different person now. And it, it's mm -hmm. just it's sad to see someone go, someone get so excited and 
and get oh, like getting the the room ready or the clothes and all this and it's just but even like earlier stages you already have that thought process that like you're picking out names you're picking out Oh, right. You know, know, and and I'm just like, I've been, I've been blessed and I'm extremely grateful that, you know, my kids, you know, knock on wood, they don't have any ailments. They came out just fine. Like the mothers, um, I think looking back, I think both of them suffered a little bit of postpartum, Mm -hmm. um, which I didn't really, I didn't understand at the time. I thought they were just being like moody or the hormone shift, but it got really dark deep and I was like but looking back I'm like yeah they definitely had some postpartum but for the most I was like okay this is this how it's supposed to be um and then just like when my friends were getting pregnant or trying um I just was like I can't I can't imagine that type of world and luckily you know I haven't had to go through that um but I just you know I sympathize with people that have um but so, but you, I mean, you, you had another child like shortly after, um, which is, is, uh, another blessing. I think kids are blessings. Uh, so, oh, absolutely. You know, like um, my husband gets upset when I say <laughs> what I say, cause I, I'll say like, Oh yeah. You know, cause Caden wasn't planned and he, he gets upset with me. He's like, well, what do you mean? Like he wasn't planned. Like, you, you know what we were doing, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. like, that's not what I mean. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just like that wasn't when I wanted it to happen. But obviously, we love him to death. I mean, yeah. he's crazy, but he completes our family in so many ways. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. But I, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. for sure. All my kids were planned and unplanned at the same time. Yeah, like, exactly. I knew what I was getting into by engaging the activities I was <laughs> getting into. <laughs> but when the kids, uh, when I found out that I was having kids, I was like, all right, well, I, was, I wasn't necessarily planning for it, but I mean, you, you dance, you, if you dance the dance, you know, you're going to have to tango. So, um, yep. so let's, so let's move to, um, what, what's after this? I mean, what, what's going on after this? So, um, kind of good. Now I'm going to kind of start to intertwine my career, I guess a little bit. Um, I let's started in the, I started in the healthcare field, total, okay, so actually, we'll backtrack to high school. When I was still going to Port High, I was in the interior design class, and I just loved it. I was just, I was like, oh my God, I think this is what I want to do, you know, like, I was all about it. Um, I actually was looking uh, through MATC to continue on with it in schooling, and then um, I ended up you know, not going to MATC and ended up pregnant and stuff like that. So that just kind of, I don't know, just fell to the wayside and I just didn't think about it anymore. Um, So then I started um, when I was pregnant with Ben, which is my oldest. So my first pregnancy, this was 2008. So gosh, it's been 12 years. That's insane. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I started working in a dementia house pretty much. It was, it wasn't like a full size nursing home, but it was, it was just, it was a good size group home and everyone in there had some form of dementia. Um, so that was my very first entrance into the medical world, if you want to say. Um, and I was, 
I don't think they call this a resident assistant, but it was pretty much the same thing, you know, so we gave them their medications, we um, cooked for them, we, you know, helped feed, we helped clean them, you know, pretty much like a CNA um, and like a med tech mixed together type thing. Um, but it was very draining um, emotionally, you know, just dealing with these level of, and I mean, you got 30 plus people with dementia together. I mean, it's, I just didn't think it was a smart thing, <laughs> I guess, in my head, because I mean, unless you've really dealt with dementia, you just, you have no idea. You, yeah, you just I don't. have some, I have some friends that, that work in like the, uh, the assisted living homes that mm -hmm. are, they're on the way out and, you know, like, like I said, I give a lot of credit to, to, you know, the nursing field in general, because that's gotta be an emotional roller coaster, you know, when you you know, when, you know, Uncle Bill, you know, you see him one day and he's happy and he's chipper. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he starts to not even remember you the next day. And then two days later, you know, they're, they're, the bed's cleaned up, you know, the, the, he's gone. And right. I hear a lot of that. I'm like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, so I tip my hats off to people in the nursing industry because see, being around death all day and you know, like, being being a veteran, um, being you know someone that's been around death, like you could just you could just smell it in the air, like yeah, like this this person's days are like numbered. Oh yeah, definitely. And you yeah. like you go home and you gotta wear that. You're like, well, I'm gonna go into work tomorrow, and this person's probably not gonna be here, and that's just mm -hmm. sad. <laughs> but it's like the circle of life, so it's like a bittersweet it type thing. You know, and starting out, um, I still remember the first person that I had die on me, and actually he was younger than me. Um, at this point, I had moved on from that group home, and I was working for, like, an assisted living homes. There was just, literally, just they were just houses, and then there was, typically, depending on the house you worked at, there was usually four um, patients there, if you want to call them, and then... Um, some houses had eight, I think maybe one had 10. I'm not sure. But, um, so I ended up working in the one that had all the traumatic brain injuries, um, which I thought was very fascinating. And it was just, I was obviously more medically inclined. Like I did tube feeding, I did suctioning, I did, and I wasn't even in school yet at this point, you know, so I had all this experience already. Um, but yeah, that, that had a gentleman there that, um, just a kid, actually, I should call him because he was younger than me at the time. And I was probably only 21 or 22 and he had just fallen down his parents' basement stairs and landed on his back the wrong way. Um, and ended up paralyzed. Well, he ended up dying of pneumonia, you know, it's just, and I still remember that cause I was just, it was great. It was just, it almost, you know opens your eyes into remembering, you know, that life is short, you know, like this kid that's younger than me just like took his last breath, you know, and it, it's sad, but it gives you an appreciation at the same time. It almost, I don't know how to explain it. It kind of just opens your eyes up to reality a little bit more, brings you back down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Pneumonia is a silent killer too, because um, it is. When uh, I tore my ACL when I was in the military and 
it was like during it was like during the fall but it was leading into the winter and you know i was like on uh you know a bunch of like you know antibiotics just to keep my body from you know getting sick and i got sick and the when i went to the medical they're like oh you probably just have the flu or something it, you know it's typical when you have some type of injury and your body's fighting off you know trying to repair itself so it's not protecting your immune system i was like okay so i like took like a z pack and but i was like continually getting like worse and i was like all right mm-hmm. I, gotta go. I was like i gotta go back and then i go back like a week later because i like i'm mentally t- like i'm stubborn so like when i'm mm-hmm. sick i'll be sick for like two weeks and i'm like i'm fine and then they like they did x-rays on my chest and they're like dude you got pneumonia and i was like okay well whatever and they're like no like we gotta get you to the er and I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you could die. Like, you have a lot of fluid in your lungs. And I was like, hold up one second. So <laughs> oh, they God. had like, yeah. And I was just like, pneumonia. Old people get that. Like, I, Right. What? Well, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I definitely almost died. I had a bunch of fluid in my lungs. They had a pump me full of, like, you know, antibiotics and IV drip and just everything. And I was like, I took it, like, lightly from the the misdiagnosis in the first place but when they told me I had pneumonia I was like all right well I mean I don't know what I I thought old people just get this and then when they told me I probably I could die from it I was like a hold up (laughs) a whole different liar on it but you know those kind of like pneumonia like I I have when someone tells me they got pneumonia I'm like oh you better keep that thing thing in check Mm -hmm. yeah oh rough I felt horrible and then every time I got sick after that, I was like, oh, I got pneumonia again. <laughs> I got yeah. Yeah. So paranoid now. Man flu. <laughs> That's what it usually is. Oh. I always tell people I almost died from, I'm like, hey, I'm not messing around. I almost died from pneumonia. Yeah. So, um, so, so you are on your journey um, to nursing. So you're already getting some experience. You, yes. So, so when did you like officially like you know what this is my career this is what I you know this is what I want to do um, with my life. So even though I had been working in like I was already you know obviously working in the healthcare field at the time, I I want to say it was definitely after my mom had passed because I you know I was I was in the hospital and she was on um she ended up having a stroke. Um, so she was just pretty much brain dead at that point, And we made the decisions to pull her off the machines. And I don't know, just, I think after ex- having that experience with a loss like that, and just being on the other side of the healthcare field, you know, not being the one to take care of people, but being the one people are taking care of, you know, and it was like, that was something I wanted to do for people. I wanted to be there for them in their time of need. So it was probably, um, I must've been pregnant with Quentin, I want to say. And that's kind of when I started going to college. Um, I had to go take a CNA course because I wasn't a CNA technically. So I didn't have a license. So I had to technically take the course, um, which I did. And then I kind of just started very part-time. I did a couple, just you got to do all your general ed courses, you know, like math and writing and speech and blah, blah, blah. So I did all those and I worked, I don't think I worked full-time at that time because 
John was working um, full-time, always, usually doing all different kinds of stuff. Um, so I didn't have to work full-time, so I'd go to school and work part-time. Um, and then I worked, I don't know, I worked for various different, just assisted livings and um, kind of did that for most of it. And then um, when Quentin was, let's see, how old was he? He had been like three or four months. That's when I started my first like real semester of nursing classes. So this was semester one of semester four to get your RN. And I did, well, actually, no, because for me, I was doing it part time. So I was, if you do, do it full time, you can get it from the beginning to the end in four semesters once you're in the nursing classes. But I obviously with the kids and, you know, with having a baby at home and I still wanted to work a little bit and, you know, with him working full time, um, we just decided to uh, do it part time. And at that time, I think it was three years then it took instead of two years. So I did my first um, semester. I think I took pharmacology, nursing skills. I think that was it. I feel like I'm missing one. Oh, fundamentals. I took fundamentals. And then that was um, August to December. And then the second semester was from January until May, I think it is. Um, and then that was my, my first clinical, which clinicals are when you go into the sites with your nursing instructors and it's so nerve wracking. <laughs> um, like you got to do everything to the T in the books or you get docked, you know, and you can fail very easily out of these things. And if you fail too many times, you're out of the program. So it's very nerve wracking to say the least. Um, but Anyways, this was kind of where our life took a huge change. Um, a tragedy pretty much struck um, and just ripped us all off our feet. Um, so I was, for me, I was starting clinical. I think I was two or three weeks into clinical. And my husband and I had moved from Sheboygan to Manitowoc because he ended up getting a job in Manitowoc. So at the time we were up, that's kind of how I ended up here. Um, so we were living in Manitowoc and he still had his good friends in Sheboygan. And um, there's two in particular that I was very close with. And they always hung out, you know, every once in a great while. And he worked, his shift was Thursday through Sunday. So he worked every single weekend. So obviously, and he was on 12 hour shifts, 11 to 11. So that doesn't leave you much time to do really anything else. Um, so he wanted to go hang out with some of his friends and we were actually going to see a movie that night and his parents were watching the kids and they live in Sheboygan. So we were in Sheboygan. We went to the movies um, and then I ended up dropping him off. He wanted to hang out with his friends for the night. And then he was just going to stay the night and then come back, um, the next morning. And I said, okay, fine. You know, I was, he works every weekend, so he deserves his time away too, you know? And, um, I drove home and I put the kids to bed and went to sleep. I think I had, I had to work. No, I had off the next day. I didn't have to work, but I had to work the day after. Um, and then, I didn't have school that day, but I was still in school at that time. Um, so it was just a free day. So I said, yep, go ahead. We went home, went to bed. 
Um, and then the night before, before we went to the movies, we went out to eat. I think we went to Applebee's or something. And I remember I woke up at like, it had it been around 2.30 in the morning with just a horrible stomach ache. I mean, it was just awful. And I even had texted him. I said, I hope, you know, you, I, I don't know. I think I might have food poisoning. I said, I hope you're feeling okay. Well, I never got a text back, but I didn't think anything of it, you know, because it's in the middle of the morning. Um, well, then the next morning I get up and his, his one friend um, is the brother of that girl I told you I was friends with earlier. Um, and then the other guy was um, a friend who actually is half, and I'll see if you can follow this. <laughs> he is. I'm trying to keep up for sure. I got notes. <laughs> I got my notepad out. So I'm drawing diagrams, drawing uh, flow charts, all that. <laughs> yeah, I told you. It's, it's crazy. I got it. Um, no, it's interesting. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm intrigued. So, so my cousin, so my first, no, she's my second cousin, I think. I don't know. She's a cousin. Um, and her half brother is my, it was John's best friend, the other one. So there's the three of them. There was John, the kid that was fr uh, brother's with that girl I was friends with. Everyone's going to be so confused. You can just make this shit up. I I mean, no one knows, but I, I'm, I'm listening. I, I hear okay, you. Okay, okay. So anyways, it was the three of them, and they were hanging out that night. So anyways, yep, I texted them. I said, I didn't feel good. Well, the next morning I get up, um, you know, we all go have our coffee and go on Facebook, you know, social media, see what the news is for the day. And um, I see my cousin, I obviously had her on Facebook, and um, she posted something like, my brother died in a car accident last night. And what? immediately, like, I, I knew, I knew from that moment, I hadn't heard from anybody at this point, not his parents, not anybody, nothing. Um, but you just, you know, that moment when something awful or you just hear something awful and your stomach just drops. Yeah. And I your mean, fucking that heart stops. Exact, and, yeah. Yeah. Like I felt, yeah, I just, there's no other way to explain it. And I just, I just knew even, like I said, I hadn't heard from anybody's mouth. I just knew. So from there, I don't even remember. It was, it's honestly just a blur, but I just remember that I, um, oh, I know what happened. Zach. So the, not, uh, there's Justin, Zach and John. So Zach is the one that's, um, I'm friends with his sister. His mom called me and she said, Kayla, the boys were in an accident last night. I don't know about the other two, but Zach is at Theta Clark and Nina. And, um, that's all I know. They won't tell me anything else. So I'm like, okay. So Theta Clark, that's where Flight for Life flies you to. And I knew that already just from being in the healthcare field. So I knew there was probably an accident and, you know, some, they were all Flight for Life there, you know? So I call the hospital. They have no record, nothing. So I'm like, okay, well maybe they weren't injured as bad, you know? So I'm like, so I called, I mean, I called every hospital in the 50 mile radius. I even called Milwaukee. I called Freighter. I called oh Madison. God. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like if their injuries are really bad, that's where they're going to go. They're not. And you're not getting any, you're not getting any updates other than the. I'm not get, well, message, technically, yeah. I'm not his next of kin, so sure. I'm not, I'm not even married to him yet at this point. We were only engaged, and um, yeah. So I'm just like you know, and I'm still holding out hope. So finally, like okay, maybe they're in jail. You know, maybe 
Zach got hurt. And I mean, I was going through all these scenarios in my head. So I called the jail. Nope, he's not there. I called a couple different jails. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I was just me on autopilot because that's literally what I just felt like I was doing. I was just trying to do something, I guess. Yeah, it's so, a, I mean, it's a, it's a primal thing. I think all logic um, when something, and there's countless scientific studies on um, trauma where you are feeling in duress, your basic logic goes out the window, all your survival instincts come back, you're thinking of all these possible scenarios, and you're, you are on autopilot, you're, mm-hmm. it's like a very primal thing, which um, kind of leads into like evolution and where we get all that from, but that's a whole do- different topic, but when you feel that yeah, way, no, that's it, it, it just, the adrenaline, survival, you know? the adrenaline is pumping yeah. and all you're thinking is I need to establish contact. I need to figure out what happened. I need to prepare my, you know, you're preparing your body, you're preparing your brain, you're preparing your heart to accrue anything that's about to happen pretty much. So yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's totally normal in those circumstances. Yeah. So, I mean, I was calling around, I wasn't getting answers from anybody, but you know, I didn't even because with me not being married to him, like nobody technically could tell me anything until his parents knew. And um, so then finally I ended up getting hold of the sheriff's department. And I think it was, I think it was Manitowoc County's sheriff department actually. And finally I found somebody that like must've knew something, but they weren't, they were like giving me the runaround. They were not telling me anything that was useful. Um, Basically that they just knew of, whatever situation it was, but they couldn't tell me anything more. Well, later to find out when I was on the phone with the sheriff, they were actually notifying his parents at the time of his death because they have to go Mm. through that chain of command, which obviously I didn't know at the time I found out after the fact, but then they had, so I was, we were in Manitowoc at the time. Well, they had to go to Sheboygan first. So, I mean, that took up some time. So, and I don't think they found him right away either because um, what ended up happening was, um, cause I, I got my lawyer to get like the police report and everything. I wanted to, I just wanted to know everything that happened because of just course. for me, that's how I get closure. Like I just need to know what happened and that there was nothing that could have been done, you know, and there wasn't, you know, at this point. Um, but anyway, so they were traveling, they were joyriding in the country and they were drinking and driving, um, all all of them were drinking and John was not the one driving. It was his friend. Um, and they, it was in the middle of winter. It's February 4th. Um, and we just had snow. So it was icy and it was freezing outside and they blew a stop sign, hit a patch of ice, ended up losing control. He drove a, a four by four truck. Um, he lost control and ended up flipping in the air into this giant tree. I mean, just huge tree. And I think um, Zach survived. He ended up breaking his arm in five places. Um, he was actually the one that ended up calling 911 because nobody was on this, because they were in the middle of the country, you know, it's in the middle of the morning. Right. And he said he ended up being unconscious for a little while and woke up and then somehow with his broken arm in five places, grabbed his phone to call 911. And it's just crazy. But I think John was dead on impact. The other one, I'm not really sure if he was for sure, but he ended up passing away as well. Um, so, 
anyways, at this point, so I'm still not getting the answer. You know, I'm kind of like, I, I, like I told you, I already knew, but I feel like my body was just trying to rule out every possibility, you know, of him being alive. So, um, I'm sitting there and now mind you too, we are moving. Okay. We're in the middle of moving. My whole house is just boxes. Stuff is everywhere because the morning that he ended up dying, we were actually going to sign our lease for our new house we were moving into. So it was just, that's unfortunate. That's like a whole bunch of bad news. Yeah. It was just like anything and everything could have happened, like just happened at once. Well, anyway, so my house is just a disaster, you know, and I'm obviously a wreck. I haven't showered and brushed my teeth. I mean, I just, I've spent all morning trying to find where he is. And all of a sudden I see a police car, two police cars pull up in front of my house. And I just knew, I just like, I just remember just dropping to the ground. I called my friend, Nikki, she lived two houses down and I said, you need to get here now. And I, I don't even know. I, I think she was down there in less than five seconds because she could just hear it in my voice. And she saw the police cars, obviously. And yeah, that's, they had a, an officer, the coroner, and then somebody had to come from social services because of the kids, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they didn't end up taking the kids at all, which I was kind of, that's a worry too. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, my house is trashed right now. They're going to come in here and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? You know? And I just, but your mind just, just doesn't know which way to think at that point. It's just, you're, you're numb. You, you just, yeah. I, I felt, I almost felt like I just, there is no words to describe the feeling that you feel, you know, I mean, you see it in movies and stuff and, but it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, when, when, you know, I mean, obviously when you hear like news or you, you know, like you said, movies, I mean, you kind of feel some, you know, you, you, you feel some type of way, but it, it never captures how no. you feel when you go through something like that. Um, anything traumatic, especially with the added stress of, you know, like even to, to that point, I mean, moving sound probably seemed like a small problem, but it's still a problem. And when you have all these people that, you know, are in your house, you know, and you're kind of dealing with this, this grief yeah those are i had a i had a girl on here a a couple podcasts ago where she told a traumatic story as well and like i just get i get this this humble feeling where like things in people's lives while they shouldn't be measured to others like i feel like my problems are not that bad um when i hear but but you gotta stop yourself right there that that is something i have learned throughout all this stuff that i have gone through just because your problems aren't the same as mine doesn't make your problems not valid and that's and that's what my last guest said too was like she's like you need to stop looking at it like that but it's like for me i just like i it's so like I'm a very empathetic person. Like I try Mm -hmm. to, especially when I get to listen to you, you know, live and we're having this conversation, I literally um, like I'm closing my eyes and I'm just like trying to put myself in that position. And it's like heartbreaking because there's, there's so many stories out there that like yours that don't get told that are out there. And I get the privilege to listen to them and get to a very raw place. And very like, 
humbled and, and grateful and, and thankful that people are wanting to share those stories because they're hard to talk about and and um opposite it is to you, it is opposite to you that 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 kind of wanted to you know talk about it there's a lot of people that kind of lock that shit up and it kind of mm-hmm. boils within them i and- did i did my whole entire life up until john died I, I don't know why it was different but i feel like even though it was the worst tragedy that i've lived through so far in my life um it open my eyes to how beautiful people can be. I mean, that is the true beauty of this whole story. I mean, I didn't have to do a thing. When we moved, my landlords actually ended up being the same landlords I had from the house we were already living in. So they actually came to his funeral. I mean, they, the wife pretty much cleaned my house and mind you, it was not cleaned. (laughs) I clean very much, you know, especially with everything that was going on. Obviously the last thing on my mind is to clean my house, you know? Um, and she, she cleaned my whole house. Everybody that he had worked with moved all of my stuff. I didn't have to do anything. I mean, a girl I worked with, I didn't even, I wasn't really even, I don't want to say friends with her, but you know, she was actually my supervisor, my nursing supervisor. Like acquaintances? Like, like yeah, like an acquaintance. She, because unfortunately his funeral ended up being on the day, my daughter's birthday, which is his biological daughter. And everybody that came to the funeral brought her a present for her birthday. I mean, I had the whole entire back of the funeral room was filled with birthday presents for her. And then this nursing supervisor paid for a condo for us and paid, um, she and then another friend of mine pitched in and paid for her to have a birthday party at Blue Harbor in Sheboygan. So I didn't have to pay for, I mean, it was just the stuff people did and it was people I never would have thought would be the ones to do it. The ones that didn't do things were the ones I thought would be the ones to do it. So, you know what I'm saying? Like it opened up my eyes to, oh my God, I've been living life all wrong all this whole entire time. You just, I I just, I go on and on for days about how it just completely changed my point of view in life. I mean, every possible thing has, it's changed me and obviously didn't happen right away. I mean, it took me years to get, you know, to a really good place, but, um, it was, if any, if there was any rainbow after the storm, I mean, that, that was it for sure. Just seeing how people can come together to help you in your time of need, you know, cause you, it it just, you don't get that very much this day and age, you know, No, you don't. And, and this, as unfortunate as those events are, like when, when communities can come together, and I, I think I've said, I think I've beat this horse to death on this podcast, but when, um, when communities can kind of come together, put differences aside and, and then share the common good, I just, I wish we could take that and bottle it and then just like utilize that every day of the week. And I, I feel like I've kind of slowly adopted that into my life as well. Um, just kind of going through tragedy as well. And, and experiencing other people's tragedy, like, I just want to be nice to people, like, and, yep. and at the end of the day, it's like, why am I going to be angry, why am I going to be upset or mad when, um, when life is precious, and, like, I have this opportunity to, I have this opportunity to say whatever the fuck I want, but what, 
what am I going to stand for? Like when, when I'm long gone, what are people, are people going to say good things about me or bad things about me? And Mm -hmm. I think a lot about legacy and I just, I want everyone to be like, that guy was really nice. That guy Mm -hmm. like said, said nice things to people. He hugged people. He laughed. I don't want, I don't want to be like a Mr. Scrooge and, be that guy like oh that guy was kind of a dickhead and an asshole like and I just I wish more people thought about what they're going to kind of give the world after they leave and you know and and hopefully you know when you look at my stuff online like a lot of that I hope resonates with like people is like I'm just I just want to be genuine and you know I don't hate anyone I love everyone regardless of your political beliefs or your religion like, I just love people. And when I hear stories about, you know, tragedy and community coming together, like, it, it restores my faith in the overall humanity. I think mm-hmm. my theory is I think there's more good people out there than bad. Yes. I get challenged on that sometimes. But I just feel like we're better off than we were 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And as bad as it seems right now, I think this is the best time to be alive. I think more people are um standing up for what is right standing up for you know good beliefs even though i think some of it's misdirected i think we're Mm -hmm. on the right path to just like caring about each other even if some people's um direction is maybe skewed um but i just like i said i just i I love hearing stories where you where you're impacted by somebody else's generosity and and when when a team can come together and actually do something, um, unlike our government. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's I mean that's that is definitely um, you know a rainbow at the end of the the storm, um, light at the end of the tunnel, as they say. Uh, so, how was how was I mean the aftermath of that? I mean, obviously, I, you probably felt some some happiness from the community, but obviously the repairing um, process probably took a while or, or took a toll on you. What, what was that like? Well, um, I didn't, you know, have that. My mother was gone already at this point and I don't have a relationship with my dad. Um, so I, I don't really have much relationship with my family. There's just, you know, a lot that we just never really, I don't know, just never, had many opportunities to expand on those relationships and now you know we're all grown and just life gets busy so I just I felt like I didn't have any family support like I should have um but I had such amazing people in my life you know and and none of them were blood relatives um I have and I'm still extremely close to her um she actually walked me down the aisle at my wedding um, her name is Pam. <laughs> name so drop. <laughs> That's okay. Name drop as many people as you want. She's just a godsend. You know, um, I ended up, I met her actually before I was pregnant with Ben. So we kind of started out as acquaintances. We worked at the same place and we just, um, you know, there was something about her. She's older. She's in her fifties. Um, so she's kind of like a mother figure, but she's like a sister, but she's like a best friend all wrapped into one being. And I, I can't even ex- put into words how much she means to me. And um, when he ended up, when, after he had passed away, um, I, I just, I, 
I, like I said, I was on autopilot. I, I couldn't even take care of myself at that point. Um, I pretty sure I didn't shower for a while. You know, <laughs> I didn't eat for a while. Um, I lost actually a good 20 pounds, I think in two weeks. Um, unfortunately I gained all that back, <laughs> but you know, at the time just, you're living off your body stores, you know, and, um, I, she ended up taking me in. Um, I had the kids stay with, um, John's family for like a week, maybe two weeks. I can't remember. Um, it was just, I, I couldn't take care of them. And then the part of it too, was we still had to go back into the house, you know, that we shared because we still had to move. And, the feeling that I got when I was in that house, I hope is a feeling nobody ever has to experience. It's, it's empty, sick, just, I, I can't even put words on it. It's just a gut wrenching, nauseating feeling, just being in the house, knowing that just 24 hours ago you were there with them and now they're just, they're never coming back, you know? And then you have the six month old baby you know, that's without a dad now. And this three-year-old girl that just had her birthday on her dad's funeral, like, it's just, it's stuff you can't even process at the time. And I just, I couldn't be in that house. So I ended up staying with Pam and her um, boyfriend uh, for, I, I know for sure for a week, I don't know if it was longer, but I mean, they just, they just let me just, do what I needed to do to get through it. And, you know, just were there if I needed them. And it was something that was that I'm very grateful for at that time, because if they weren't there, I don't know where I would have gone at that point. Um, but it, it took a while, you know, after I think the initial shock and anger wore off. Um, mind you too, I was in the middle of nursing school so in nursing school, you know, they're so strict on their rules. Like you, you can't only miss so much. You can, you know, they're just, if you do this or this or this, you, you can get removed from the program. Plus I already was part-time. So they already had my forces stretched out as far as they possibly could make them without me having to redo everything because you have to have them completed in a certain amount of time in the state of Wisconsin for nursing. So I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to stop. Like, I'm going to keep going. Like, I'm going to continue in nursing school. Um, they ended up, the clinical that I was in at the time, because I was actually in active clinical at that point when this had happened, um, they had another round of clinical starting at the end of March. So this happened at the beginning of February. So I'm like, okay, I'll try that, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, I ended up having just a breakdown. I, I, there's just no way you can try to be in college after experiencing a loss like that. Um, so I ended up, I took a year break and took a year off. Um, and I ended up, I did unfortunately have to start the whole program over, but I mean, financial aid was wonderful. The school was wonderful. I mean, they, they dealt they just handled everything. I mean, I had instructors come to his funeral. Actually, some of them I've grown very close to. Actually, one of them was at my wedding. You know, it's just, I have met such amazing people that have impacted me um, throughout this whole journey of getting through this that, I mean, like I said, just makes you open your eyes up to how beautiful the world really is, you know, despite all the darkness we live in. Um, but yeah, so, um, and then in that year break, that's kind of when I ended up starting to date my husband, 
Um, that's kind of another topic that I'd like to dwell into. Um, yeah, before we get into that, I had a quick question. Um, sure. Just, just like uh, I, I, a few moments ago, like when you you were kind of going through that grieving process, you know, you kind of had that that flood of emotions. You mentioned that you were angry. Like, what mm -hmm. what in particularly were you angry about? Were you angry angry about the I mean the, the drunk driving? Were you angry about the situation? But or what in particular? Well, they say there's stages in grief and usually the first one is anger. You know, you get angry that they're gone. And for me, I was not mad or do I, or have I ever blamed anybody that was involved in that accident? They should not have been drinking. Yes. You know, I'm huge against drunk driving. I, it's something I will speak to until the day I die. You know, I live with the repercussions every single day and my kids still struggle with it, you know, especially Lily. She unfortunately definitely struggles the most. Um, but um, I was angry that they did, that they drank and drove. You know, that was something that I was very angry with for a very long time. Did I blame anybody for anybody's death? No, absolutely not. You know, I would never do that. Obviously, it wasn't intentional. Um, but I was just angry that he was gone. Um, religious wise, I'm not, I mean, I didn't grow up in a very religious family. I do kind of like you, I believe that there is a higher power out there. Um, I believe in good karma. I believe in bad karma. I believe everything happens for a reason. Um, I kind of believe in reincarnation. I'm not really sure on that one yet, but you know, I just, I feel like there's something out there that gets us through these times when you just can't do it yourself if that makes sense no it, yeah completely i mean i'm i'm all i'm all for that i uh i don't i i know so much about a little little bit so like i never like stick to anything but i know that there's multiple theories on what happens you know after we're gone um, reincarnation mm -hmm. is something that i i like to flirt with a lot because it gives me the same belief that well when i die at least there's something um versus right. just me being in a box or being burnt to ashes um you know some people think they go to heaven um totally cool with that i there's enough literature to to, to say that that is a possibility uh, my theory is i don't know um and anyone yep. and, and no one knows <laughs> no uh, anyone that says they knows or is either lying to you or trying to sell you something. Um, but mm -hmm. no, reincarnation is, is something that a lot of people believe in. So it's something that I like to flirt with a little bit and, um, everything happens for a reason. Um, there's, I mean, it's a cliche for a reason, um, whether it's be our own actions or our own reactions or consequences to actions. Um, like you said, it was an unfortunate event. Um, I'm not a guy that likes to place blame on anyone. Uh, mm -mm. Nope. Like, it, it's not going to fix anything. No, you know, it doesn't fix anything. And they, and then you said Zach was the one that survived it. Yes. And he's kind of like, that's tough for him because he's got to live with that. So, well, he, and that's immediately what I thought. Like, he's you know, got like enough God, blame. He's got enough blame yeah, on himself. Oh, I know um, he does. You know, and I even told him, I said, to not blame himself, but I, I just know, you know, that yeah. there's no stopping that, of course. you know, it's a natural feeling. But yeah, no, I mean, angry, uh, you know, angry at God, angry at the situation, angry at, you know, the higher being that, that took him away, angry that he's right. not 
totally, totally understandable. Oh, that too. Like I was just angry. It's like, why, why do I have to do this myself? You know, and it, it, and two, just like everything I've gone through in my life so far, it's like, can I get a break? Like I I'm trying to better myself at this point. I'm trying to go to nursing school, you know, I, and we don't have a lot of money at this point at all. I mean, sometimes we had 40 bucks for groceries in a week for four people. I mean, that's five actually, if you count the formula and whatever else the baby needed, it's like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So it was just, we were just constantly trying to play catch up and it's just like, then I get hit with this and it's yeah. just like, you know, you get kind of salty a little bit, you know, and right. I, I always tell everybody, you that's a normal feeling. You should, you know, you have a right to be angry and pissed off at the world because it's not fair. It's not fair to anybody that's going through it, you know, regardless of what the situation is. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to assume that you're probably going to talk a little bit about more of your adversity, but do you, did you ever think like, did you ever put yourself in a mindset that, all right, this is like, life is not happening to me, but it's happening for me. Like is, is something or something out there trying to like prep me like for, for something better or were you like, or were you like, yo, what the fuck? Like, can I, can I catch a break? And what was that like a hundred percent of the time, <laughs> especially during this event? During that time when I was in that fog and that just numbness, I was very, I was a bitter person. I was pissed off. I was short. My anxiety was at an all time high. Um, I just pretty much was just a negative Nancy. And then I don't know, something just kind of snapped in me one day and I was just like you know I can't live like this like I don't want to live like this this is not how I want the rest of my life to be you know at that point I was 24 yeah I was 24 I think I was gonna turn 25 the next month and I'm young yet you know I have a whole life ahead of me I I haven't even finished college yet you know I'm I'm at that point in time I had just had a baby and it was just I don't know. I just, something in me was like, I, okay, I'm done. I'm done doing this. I'm done feeling like this. And I just kind of started looking at the world with positivity, you know, and now I find myself to be a very positive person. And I was never like that. I was never like that as a child um, in school. I was never like that. I was not like that with my friends, you know, in my early twenties, you know, I was just a very bitter person. And it kind of just shook me out of it a little bit because it made me realize, oh my God, like my life could be over tomorrow. And here I am being a bitter negative Nancy that nobody wants to be around. And why, for what, what am I gaining from it? Nothing. Yeah. You know? So I eventually I did turn into that positive person. It took me a while, you know, but after, instead of seeing all the bad things that were happening to me in life, I was looking at all the good now, you know, after people like seeing all these people step up and help me, you know, when they, some of them didn't even know me, um, just really, like I said, I mean, opened my eyes to the better side of things too. And that's just kind of how I want to live my life now. And it's kind of one of the reasons why I want to do the podcast because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I think they can share a lot of useful information that people can relate to, you know, and it, it, it always, I always felt good knowing that I wasn't alone or that I had somebody on my team. Um, and that was there to cheer for me and be positive because when you surround yourself with those people, that's how you're going to look at life, you know, with that positive outlook, you're not going to 
look at life negatively. I agree. I, I agree hundred um, percent on, you know, listening to podcasts, getting on podcasts. I think most people should have a podcast um, if they are more, you know, more than willing and inclined to um, because, you know, sharing stories and sharing conversations I think is important and to kind of get out of the social media aspect of just sharing the blurb and having a shouting contest and actually getting, getting in depth with people um, and sharing like in depth conversations, I think is very important. Um, One thing that I've, that I've also been blessed with is being able to, to talk to people that have gone through traumatic experiences, you know, like it, it may be recent, you know, with, and telling people like, hey, it's okay to be angry. You know, it's okay to grief. Um, and then to your point, what you said is like, you made a choice. Like, you're like, I can't live like this. And I tell people like, you are going to one day have to make a choice. Whether mm-hmm. it's tomorrow, whether it's next week, whether it's next year, you're going to have to make a choice whether you want to continue to live like you are or you're going to change something. And it all starts with a choice and it all starts with your mindset, whether you want it to be negative or positive is totally up to you, regardless of the circumstances. And Mm -hmm. I'd like to think that I've played some type of positive role in in some people's outcomes because, you know, I've seen that shift in people's lives too. And, you know, not to like, like, you know, toot my horn or anything like that, just to kind of share the perspective is, Sometimes I'll get a text message out of nowhere, like, hey, thanks for talking with me, or thanks for listening to me, or thanks for sharing that, because I didn't look at it like that. And this platform is just another way for people to tell stories like yours that somebody else has probably been there, and they feel alone, and they feel empty, and they feel like if you're able to affect, my thing is, if I'm able to affect one person, then I did my job. If this podcast resonates with one person, we did our job because we allowed someone to make that choice to get up, open the blinds, take in the sun rays, and and start feeling a little bit more positive about their outlook. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's um, move to um, your husband. <laughs> uh yeah, Uh-oh. so <laughs> <laughs> that could go one of two ways with that with that one. No, he's a he's a great man. I mean, I I could not have gotten lucky like I did. Um so I took that year off of school. Um so at that point I didn't have a degree yet. You know, I kind of stopped for a little bit. And I ended up meeting him um, within that year, and he had a friend who passed away um, through drunk driving as well, Um, and I kind of reached out to him, and we just kind of started talking, and it just kind of went from there. I don't know. It was just just a natural ease, I guess. Um, There was no, you know, set timeline of anything. It just kind of went along and we ended up moving in together about four or five months after we started dating and then yeah we ended up getting pregnant about six months later and then 
we had Caden and got engaged and got married. <laughs> and then I ended up finishing school. I did go back to school. I finished, I graduated. Um, I was actually the speaker for our nursing pinning ceremony, um, which that was my very first speech I had ever given in front of a crowd. And it was terrifying. Nerve wracking. Did you, did you oh. speed through it or did you slow it down? Well, okay. So like where they had, you know, obviously you're on a stage and you're on a little podium and my table of instructors are sitting like right in front of me, you know, and I grew very close to all of them. They knew my story. They knew what had happened because they all worked there, you know, when this, it was a big thing because it's, it's not big towns out here, you know, so if something like that happens, it's in the news. Um, so I just remember I, I started out, I was doing fine. And then I started talking about like the morning of the accident and I just lost it. <laughs> and I was looking at my one instructor and she's like, she's with, she's mouthing to me. She's like, you can do it. And then I made me cry even more. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, she believes in me. <laughs> you know, I was just, Oh, it was horrible. But I made it through. I finished, I did it, you know? Um, and I, I just, I always felt like at some point I would like to get over that fear and just not even talk about just the accident and stuff in general, but just overall, just life positivity, you know, just that accident changed my life in good ways and bad ways. You know, I mean, we had to go through the bad, the awful, the ter terrible to get to you know, the good, um, obviously he's still gone and we deal with that and those feelings as well to this day. Um, like I said, my daughter definitely suffers the most, I feel like, um, between everybody, but she was also three at the time, whereas Quentin was only six months. So, um, has that been a growing like thing for her? Like what, like at first, obviously, like she probably didn't understand understand or like to a point but now that she's older is she like is it become a more developed thing um well at the time and actually I think I, she was only two I think she had just turned two so this happened um, no she had just turned three so I mean at that point I feel like she didn't definitely didn't understand what was going on you know they, they just know daddy's gone and they don't know why um, my oldest at the time, he was going on five. He was in preschool. And I think he handles it pretty well. Um, he did have to go through some counseling for a while. And I did put my daughter in counseling for a while as well. I think I'm going to actually get her back into it again because um, it seems to. She's a very, she's actually a lot like me as a kid, which gives me anxiety sometimes because I just don't want her to grow up with the same feelings that I did, you know? So I tried to really change that, um, cycle with her and I try to get her the help that she needs, but on her terms too, because growing up, I felt I was forced, you know, to open up when I didn't want to. And that made me almost close up more. Um, and I, I don't want to do that to her either, but she really found a therapist that she likes and she opens up to. So I'm thankful for that. Um, but she was expressing some depression as well. Um, she was diagnosed with anxiety. So, you know, she's only nine. <laughs> it's sad, but unfortunately it's just the way it's the way it is, you know, it's the way her life panned out and we just have to deal with it the right way. Um, 
but I think for her, it definitely, it progresses as she gets older. Um, I feel like in the last few years is kind of when she's really started to vocalize it, but I'm happy that she's vocalizing it because sometimes she can, right. she can close up as well. So, um, I don't know, you know, I, th I think we're on a good track. It's just, it's just, you don't even know, it's hard to explain. Like, you don't even know what's the right thing to do. You know, what, what do you do in this situation? I mean, I don't know. None of my friends have been in the situation, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, I can't really get advice from anybody. So I kind of just figure it out as I go, I guess. Um, you know, and then with Casey being in the picture now, and like I said, he's amazing. He has, um, I wasn't sure how it was going to go, you know, not because they didn't love him, but just because of the situation itself, you know, like their dad is gone. So it's like, we, it, he's not just a stepdad, but in a way he kind of stepped into that dad role because theirs is gone now, you know, and it, it's a hard, hard thing to get used to. I, it's, it's hard to explain. So um, I feel like our first few years were trying a little trying at times, especially with me being in nursing school. I think that added a whole nother level onto that. Plus when he's working full time and I'm in school full time, plus I'm working on the weekends, you know, it's just, and you got four kids, it's chaos. You know? Yeah. That's what it but, sounds like. Uh, it sounds like a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it is. You know, but he, he has not once left my side. He has not once threatened to leave my side. He, I mean, we both obviously have to learn through these situations. Like I said, we don't know, you know, what way to go sometimes with things. And we just kind of figure it out as we go. Um, I mean, our life isn't perfect, but we try to keep a positive outlook and work as a team and just try to raise these kids and stay alive. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing too is, is, is that team mentality. Like, I, I mean, mm -hmm. I see it. I mean, I've been in relationships. Um, I mean, you've been in relationships that you said that, that they, they seem like a lot of work and you feel like you're combating the other person. But when you feel like you got someone that, you know, you can rely on, that's really just a teammate and you're really just trying to figure it out. Um, I think the biggest thing overall, just, um, from a humanity standpoint is, is, uh, for your daughter is getting her to talk to people, getting her to talk to you and, and whoever she trusts, um, I think is a big thing, you know, not as just advice, but I think overall, I mean, I feel a lot better when I'm able to get things off my chest. I, I know yep. a lot of people feel that way. So I think that's just overall sentiment on that. Um, but yeah, teamwork is, is important. Um, and, you know, me having, having two kids with, you know, one of, you know, one of the two mothers that I have in my life, you know, she's got a dedicated boyfriend too. And, you know, he, he definitely plays a father role and, you know, I had to kind of suck up that ego a little bit and get to know him. And <clears throat> I mean, he, he, uh, you know, took my daughter to a daughter, you know, daddy daughter dance. And, you know, I asked both of them, I was like, how was it? And uh, just being able to kind of let somebody play that father role um, on the outside looking in, I think is extremely important because, you know, fatherhood isn't always about blood, but it's about, you know, that underlying love. And it sounds like you have that with him and that's amazing. Um, and I'm glad that you kind of overcame all that adversity and, you know, it sounds like you're championing it 
you know, just great. And you know, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of your accomplishments. Um, and the other thing too is about public speaking. You never, you never get over that fear. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, and, and I think it comes from a, I think it comes from a good place. I think if you're not nervous and you, you're not scared of it, then it's not, uh, then you're not thrilled by it anymore. I know right. Anytime, it doesn't mean anything. Anytime I get on a podcast, I'm nervous. Like anytime I, I speak with someone, I'm nervous at first. And then you just get into this flow state and, and then you get mm-hmm. to feel good and then you get over it and then you end it and you feel accomplished um, from my years of, you know, doing speeches and, and public speaking and just being just the loudest person in the room. Um, that, that nervousness, you know, never, never goes away, but you, you learn to overcome it and, and overcome that fear um, through the, through the process. It's like you're auditioning every time. Um, but it's something that you just learn to live with and you learn to love. So I do hope you get more engagements. I think, um, I think you're a great speaker. I think you have a great story, um, and the way that you've kind of handled things over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, um, I think is amazing. Um, especially given the circumstances being put in your way. Um, other than that, so, so that brings us to what recent, right? that brings us up, up to date with you? Yeah, for the most part, um, we're just, you know, living day to day. Um, you just, you just got back from the Dells, huh? Yeah, we did. We went, um, I took my daughter for the weekend. It was a girl's weekend for her birthday. Okay. Um, so we did that. Um, we got our very first big, well, last year we took the kids to St. Louis, um, kind of just to test out the road trip thing with them. And that was about six, I think five and a half or six and a half hours from here. Um, and they did very well. I was very impressed. I have to say. Um, did they have so the tablets year, though? Did they have the tablets? Um, on the way there, they did on the way back. <laughs> they did not because okay. they didn't charge them. And I said, right. that's not my responsibility. <laughs> you need to charge them. My um, kids could last 24 hours on a car if they have the tablet. <laughs> right. True story. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, then they fight over it because they don't all have one yet. Oh, um, no. That's the that, yeah. that's carnal rule number one. I know. I know. I should know my <laughs> I should know better. Now you know. Um, yeah. But this year, we're going to try We're going to take them to Colorado. We're driving out there. Um, yeah. If I was, if I was to move anywhere it'd either be back to florida colorado or uh texas um where my older sister lives i'm kind of sick of wisconsin i've only been back for like eight months but this cold just like kills any motivation for me to stay here yeah oh i bet it actually hasn't (laughs) been too bad of a winter though no it, it hasn't but the cold days are cold for me like these this the snow is the worst too when it snows i'm just like oh i gotta clean my car i gotta do all this stuff get out of here i just want to get in my car and go i know so look we're reaching like i think an hour and something is there anything that um anything that i should have asked that i didn't or any like pressing like topic that you wanted to speak on like i said i wanted to give the floor to you um and you've given us a lot of information about you know really the the podcast is a uh, is a nice thing and a and a bad thing at at the same time because uh, an hour and a half is is enough to get a blueprint of a person like you know a foundation but it's not it'll never be long enough to capture all the gems that you have 
but if there was one thing that you wish I would have asked, like now's the time to, to, for me to ask that. Is there anything? Um, not that I can think of. And, you know, kind of like you said, it's hard to really get a full picture in a short amount of time. But the reason, like I said, I wanted to do this was I, I just want people to know that because um, I've been in dark places many times in my life and, you know, it does get better. I remember thinking and being in that moment thinking, oh my God, there's just, it's never going to get better. Like, it's just, you know, like why, you know, why live and just all those negative thoughts creep into your head. And, you know, I just want to say that I'm a testament that it does get better. You know, you've got to work for it. It was not easy by any means, but you know, if you just are positive with your life choices and who you surround yourself with, you'll make, you'll make it as far as you allow yourself. The only person that's in your way is yourself. So um, at the end of the day, that's just kind of what I want people to take away from that. So much wisdom from such a young lady. <laughs> Kayla, I appreciate you so much. And um, I, I wish you all the best things and keep in touch. Is there any uh, social media you want to throw out there? Any shout outs you want to give? Um, well, I already showed it out Pam. to Pam, which I know she's <laughs> going to be mad. <laughs> and like I said, my amazing husband, my very close friends that have become family, just anybody that has just been there through this whole journey with me and hasn't ever left my side. Beautiful. Well said. Well, thank you again. And uh, we're going to sign off on this thing. So y'all have a good day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>